Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, The Answer, WEEU back in Pennsylvania, Golf News Net, and all kinds of spots in between. I'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended, and also the folks down at Ben Hogan Golf, Tour Quality Clubs and Factory Direct Prices, BenHoganGolf.com. Well, he's back. My favorite cynical... Uh, sports writer and a good friend after all these years of putting up with me here. Gary Van Sickle is back today, and we're going to be talking about the Ryder Cup, of all things. Uh, fresh in our memories, etched indelibly in our minds, so it can never leave. How are you there, Gary? It's etched indelibly in our, in our minds, which are like steel traps. And <laughs> say, who is this, anyways? <laughs> So what was your overall opinion of the Ryder Cup? Start with that. Well, you have to admit it was kind of fun to see the Euros get a dose of their own medicine. But let's face it, the Ryder Cup is always more fun when it's close. And we've had three Ryder Cups in in a row that haven't been super close. Um, Hazeltine wasn't bad, but I think it was 16 to 12. 19 to 9 was isn't as, it wasn't as bad as it sounded. That's really only five matches. Right. Uh, so if the Euros get lost a couple matches, one down, if they would have turned those around and won them one up, you know, you change two or three or four matches and you're only, you know, it's a ball game. But, you know, the, the Ryder Cup is designed to be close and it's unusual when it isn't. And we've had two of the last three, you know, there really wasn't a lot of, a lot of doubt going into the last day. So uh, that's okay, but it was fun. Uh, I'm from Wisconsin. So going back there feels like home and it was uh, great to be there in the fall. I mean, it's the best time of the year as far as, far as I'm concerned. I, I don't know what the, as far as the seasons go, I, fall is ranked number one and I don't know. Nothing's number two, but winter's <laughs> number four. <laughs> That's true. I've been there in the winter time, and it wasn't a good. So I've I've never played whistling straights. How tough is it for our listeners who've never been there? They've only seen it on uh, the boob tube. How tough is whistling straights? It's reasonably tough. For one thing, it usually is breezy there because it's on the lake. Yeah, and they've made it. You know, they designed it with a major championship at mine. So it's built for tour players. It's not built for chops like us. So that makes it, that makes it a tough go. 
you know, it's, I don't think it's a great golf course, but I think it's a great golf experience. When you go there and you stand on the bluff on, on a green on a par three on a bluff overlooking Lake Michigan, I mean, you feel the same way you feel at Pebble Beach. I mean, it, you feel special. It feels sure. like a special place. Sure. I wish they hadn't dropped that fifth hole of par, Florida out of par, uh, par, par five right out of Florida in the middle of the golf course. That kind of doesn't fit, but, um, you know, it's plenty tough, but you can enjoy it. It's, it's go there and get your butt kicked. It's, you know, it, I, I would think a lot of people, and maybe you agree, a lot of people probably watched the Ryder Cup and said, I just added a course to my bucket list because it looks great. So, uh, you know, people might want to check it out, but it's going to cost you about as much as Pebble Beach. So it's it's up there. Is it really? I didn't realize it was that high. I mean, may- uh, last time I checked, the green speeds this summer, well, it's Ryder Cup year. So sure. it, that, that, it was 410 plus a caddy, which is 65, and they recommended a $55 tip for the caddy. So. You're up around, uh, what are you up around 530 at Pebble's about 495, 500. And at Pebble, you may well need a room at the lodge for 117 million the night before to <laughs> get a tea time. So, <laughs> but it's, I don't, I think, you know, I think you pay the money, you enjoy the experience and feel like you got your money's worth, you know, on a relative scale. I, I know. Guys like you and I are cheap. I love playing some mom and pop courses that are cow pastures and they're, you know, they're $9 and you walk them and the greens are running two and a half. Yeah. You have a blast. I can, I enjoy those, but there's a place for the high end too. And, and some, a lot of people, a lot of people want, you know, if they weren't getting the $410, they would drop the price. So they're getting it. Oh, sure. Um, <clears throat> one thing I was going to tell you is, this doesn't have anything to do with the Ryder Cup, but I played uh, Chambers Bay after the Open up there, and some people really love that place, and some people not so much. And I'm uh, frankly one of the not so much people um, there. And maybe it was just because when you got there, and it was after the after the Open, and you saw that the the nice, pretty green greens that you saw on television weren't that way. My understanding is they've they've resodded all the greens and stuff and took out all the weeds, um, and they're not having to use the vegetable dye to dye the greens anymore. But when you stand up on the bluff and you look out at Puget Sound, yeah, it's beautiful. But that course can also kick your butt um, if sure. you know if you're not, and it's a lot of hills which. Actually, on television, Chambers Bay did show the hills because there's no way to get away from it. Unlike Augusta, where people are thinking like it's all flat and it's not. This one, you know, you could use a four-wheeler out there and probably be in pretty good shape uh, to get where you're going. Anyway, back to the Ryder Cup. Hey, there were two problems with that golf course. One was it was just about the worst spectator golf course ever created. Yep. You know, you watch somebody tee off on one, you, you had to be up by the tee. I mean, there was no, you had, you had to go around 18. You could not walk down the fairway on one and get to the green. You had to go around 18 or something, as I recall, or yep. 10, or I don't remember what it was. By the time you got there, they'd already putted. There were people at the green you couldn't see. Uh, eight, nobody, who's ever heard of a golf course where 
nobody could spectate on one hole. There's no fans allowed in the eighth hole. Like, it, it, they, you know, they they went for artsy, crafty design, and they put these mounds out there to, to hide the cart paths from the fairway, so you didn't see them. So it was more of a visual experience for the player. Well, that's where they routed the spectators, and the spectators are out there on the cart path, and there's an eight-foot mound between them and the fairway, and you, you couldn't see any. I mean, there was hardly any spots you could see golf from on that entire course. No. Yeah, no. Uh, it was just an awful. It was a, they should have refunded the money to every spectator who bought a ticket. And secondly, they put the wrong kind of grass in the greens, and it was a disaster. And as you alluded to, they had to, they had to color them. But even then, uh, the players, players, even um, the guy who lived up the street, my, the Putnams, was it Michael Putnam? Even he said before or after that it was a mistake. The grass on the greens was a mistake, but nobody listened to him. So yeah, yeah, but the course does have a, <laughs> it's got a look. If you would like to go back there when it's in good shape and and try it out, but I don't think a major championship should be held there because you can't solve the spectator issue. I mean, no matter how few spectators you invite, they still aren't going to be able to see squat. They can't walk around the course. You know, your husband makes the U.S. Open for once in his life. You can't walk along. It's not possible physically to keep up because of the way they had to route spectators. So uh, all in all, that was a disaster, and they can have all the U.S. amateurs they want, but they should never hold another major. No, they they shouldn't, and you know, quite a few people fell down, slipped, and fell down those hills and stuff. Some of the golfers oh, did, bet. yeah, you know, and so there was uh, whistling straights. That's a common problem too. They the first PGA that was there, I think, in two thousand three or two thousand four, I think it was. Um, the first two days, they had like I like thirty two people injured, you know, falling and hurting ankles and knees and stuff, and. The writer, a couple of writers, like, great, we'll have a running scoreboard. And then on the second day, all of a sudden, uh, you they would no longer release that information to the media, how many people got hurt. So that's <laughs> how many people got hurt. And I'm sure still do every time. But now they kind of keep it quiet. Yep. They wise up. Yep. We're going to take a break here on uh, Grilling at the Green. We'll be right back with Gary Van Sickle right after this. Hi everybody, it's JT and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. Got a little Jimmy Buffett in there in the the middle for you. Uh, I would like to thank the folks down at Langdon Farms. Don't forget about their Friday night prime rib special. You can find us on uh, Facebook and Twitter, all that. We post all the shows and these shows you can find on most all platforms, 30 plus of them now. So uh, we have some more announcements about that coming up in the next few weeks. So we're talking with my buddy Gary Van Sickle about the Ryder Cup. So let me ask you this. What was your favorite part of the Ryder Cup, and what was the part that was not so much your favorite this year? I well, I had two favorites. One was on the in singles when Shambo's playing Sergio, Sergio 
you know, Sergio sounds a lot like surgery. Now that I think about it, I never realized that before. Uh, DeShambo gets up on number one, calls his shot like Babe Ruth, pointing to the green, drives the green, and pours in like a 40-footer. I mean, that's a Ryder Cup moment. That was awesome. The crowd went crazy. But on the other side, to show you what people of Wisconsin are like, we media road, the road to the media lot, which is up near, sort of near the clubhouse, but not that close. It's a two-lane road, country road between farms. And it was all backed up, and we're inching along. For like, you know, there's all three miles we have to inch. Everybody goes on this road. And there's a woman out there. She's got a big black dog. It's on a farm. The farm is surrounded by corn that's still seven, eight feet tall. It's tall feed corn. Dog's nose around the mailbox. The woman's out there. She's got a green Packer T-shirt on, and she's got a gray hoodie over it. And she's... She's just shouting at each car, good morning, good morning, good morning. Now, it wasn't like one car drove by and she goes, good morning. She could see there was a thousand cars in line. And we, you know, maybe we'd, we'd moved like eight miles an hour for a hundred yards, but she hit every car and people shot back to her like, now I know when the, the Ryder Cup goes to Beth Page Black in New York in four years, a site like that is not going to happen unless no. the guy is like waving a gun and wants money or something. <laughs> so people in Wisconsin, this was a big deal. And this was, she, she didn't know she's probably going to watch the Ryder Cup on TV. And she went out to enjoy the traffic jam, which she's probably never seen on that road in her life. Well, probably not. Probably not. I was going to, I was going to say at Beth page, they won't be saying good morning. They'll be saying something else. Fairly short. Forget about it. Yeah, fairly short. Uh, Maybe my, my least. I say my least favorite part was, uh, you know, contradicting what I just said about Wisconsin people being nice. Uh, it's part of this whole society plot. Forgot how to be civil to each other. On Friday and Saturday, when the players were introduced on the first tee for the matches, uh, the Europeans got booed. On Sunday, they didn't get booed, but on the Friday and Saturday, they got booed. And I, Jeff, I don't. I don't remember that ever happening before the Ryder Cup, and I've been at almost every one from '89 on. Everybody gives polite applause to the other guys. Sure, and they booed him. And I'm told from somebody who was in Victor Hovland's entourage that walked along with him inside the ropes one day, and the people were just you know yelling vile things at him all day long, and the other players. It's completely unnecessary. At, at, goes against the Ryder Cup, but you don't boo when they're introduced. No. You can boo when, you know, well, you don't really boo in golf. You, when your team makes a shot, you cheer. When the other guys make a shot, you go, you, you're quiet. Yeah. And uh, I thought they crossed the line. I know they crossed the line at Hazel Team with things they said, and American fans crossed the line at Medina with stuff they said, and I don't know if the European fans crossed that line. I mean, they're not known for the great manners either. Uh, I mean, the Brits in Ryder Cup history are known as uh, uh, bad losers and worse winners. But uh, I was disappointed by that. I, I that shouldn't happen. And but you know, we're seeing NBA players heckled and yelled at as they walk off the floor. It's like during the pandemic. After the pandemic, we we forgot how to be around other people. People think they're still talking at their TV and nobody can hear them. I don't know. It's a society problem. They're like, we, we all turn mean because of the pandemic. And, you know, uh, 
I can understand the reasons for that, but it's still not an excuse. No, and I'm I'm with you all the way on that. I, you know, I was raised probably like you were, Gary. If you can't say something nice, don't say something at all. You know, don't talk at all to somebody, and especially in golf. I mean, when you're in a, you know, when you're in one of the big basketball arenas or a big football, you know, stadium, the wherever, um, and there's you know, 50, 60,000 people there and you're yelling, you know, you're probably not going to get heard as far as if you're yelling expletives at a particular player or something. And most of the time, the people around you will tell you to they've had enough, you know, sit down, shut up type thing. I, I was really disappointed in, because um, you could hear some of it. I mean, you know, NBC and, and those guys tried to, quelch that a little bit as far as the audio that you could hear, but you could tell it was going on. And, and I just thought that was very uncool, if you will, I guess I'm showing my age and putting it that way, but that yeah, was, no, it, it, it was, it was classless at times. And, uh, it doesn't need to be the Ryder cups, not that important. Yeah. It just isn't, it's fun. But it's not that important. No. And it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's golf. You know, it's golf. It's there. It's for sports entertainment for us because all of us that watch it normally play it. And, you know, we dream of doing something like Bryson did, you know, driving a green and, and dropping in a 40 footer. And, you know, we high five our buddies or whatever afterwards. But there's no reason to, to scream and, and uh, yell obscenities at people. But hey, the worst, the worst part is that the European players, are the classiest bunch of guys. They're so likable. I know, hard to believe. Even, even Ian Poulter, you know, after the loss, he was saying, I've only lost one time. This really stings. And he was like surprised and he's crying. And Westwood was crying. This might be my last match, but at least I got to share it with my son. Yeah. We caddied for him. Uh, they were so classy in defeat. And they're, you know, they have fun and victory they, in the press conference. I mean, they couldn't be a better bunch of guys. And in some ways, the way they act, even when they lose, was better than the way the Americans act when they won. But I'm not going to read too much into some any of the celebrations. But the European, you, you, you sit there and listen to them every Ryder Cup, and you're like, these guys are, what a great bunch of guys. I'd love to hang with these guys. And you saw Rory crying on TV, and then he accidentally swore, and then he goes, oh, sorry for swearing back there. But because it, it means that much to him. We're going to take another break here on Grilling at the Green. We're going to be back with Gary Van Sickle right after this. Hey, it's JT, and this part of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan Golf. Check them out online at benhogangolf.com. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, and today we're talking with uh, Gary Van Sickle, formerly of um, Sports Illustrated fame, and now Morning Read fame, and just fame. It's just a lot of fame. Well, hey, ironically, Morning Read's got an agreement now. My stories now, instead of showing up on Morning Read, they show up at SI.com. Uh, we produce golf content for SI.com, which didn't really have any, so... Ironically, I'm back at Sports Illustrated in a roundabout way. If, oh. if you count SI.com, then you click under the golf, 
logo. That's where the stories go. So, well, there you go. But that's like a sports illustrated is a monthly. It's not anything like a magazine I work for. So it's owned by some internet guys who I should probably say good things about, but I don't even know who they are. <laughs> well, <clears throat> as long as they keep sending me a check, I guess that's okay. You know what I mean? Well, the checks are pretty small. So, you know, I'm not in a payroll. I'd be nice, but hey, yeah. I'm at SI.com. That's all good. That's all good. Um, you know, one of the things that I was impressed with that I, I caught just a glimpse of, and then I went back and watched it kind of on the replay was, I don't know, was it Brooks that got into it with a rules official? And Sergio actually came over and said, he's right. You know, he stood up for, for uh, I think it was Brooks that did that. It was Kepka, yeah. It was, it was yeah, yeah. And I thought, now that's that's kind of in the vein of the sportsmanship that the Ryder Cup's supposed to be, you know, uh, where Sergio didn't have to do that. He, and I'm not a Sergio big fan or anything like that. I mean, I respect all those guys that are out there playing, but you know, I have my, I have my guys I like to watch and, but I thought, you know, that was pretty cool that Sergio actually stood up for him. Uh, in that, well, I, you know. I kept wondering. I kept wondering what's his alter. What's his game here? What's his ulterior motive? Yeah, <laughs> maybe he wanted to play the shot because he didn't think he had any crack at it. I mean, I don't know. But look, hey, Sergio's forty-one now. He's very nearly a, a grown-up adult. So good for him. Well, yeah, and he's got a wife and he's got a kid, and he yeah, got, he's, he, he's he's very, he's on the verge of maturity. Yeah, well, I, he seems to have calmed down a bit uh, over the last handful of years for the most part i don't but see i don't watch him enough um to make a, a blanket statement about him like that but the the times i do see him he seems like he kind of has taken more things in stride yeah i think he's i think he's a pretty pretty good guy in general on the golf course he's like all golfers he's selfish and wants everything to go his way and he gets upset when it doesn't and he's gotten, certainly gotten much better at that but yeah i wondered if he was just hoping Kepka would try to play it out of that bush and hit a miserable shot and realize what how what a dumb play that was. And then turns out Kepka did hit it out of the bush on the green, which was, you know, one of the top five unbelievable shots for the week next to uh, behind DeChambeau driving the green and Spieth hitting that shot from against the wall on 17 straight up in the air. It lands on the green like a butterfly. And he has to run down the hill all the way to the lake to avoid falling <laughs> on his rear end. Yeah. Yep. So that was, uh, yeah, it was, but yeah, it was, I, I hope, yeah, I, I hope, I hope what he was doing was sportsmanship and not gamesmanship, but it sure seemed like it. So I, yeah, I kept my cap to him. That was, that was cool. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of that Spieth shot, that, uh, that particular shot in my book outdid the, the, uh, Phil flop by, uh, a bunch. He Jordan gained ground on Phil on that one because that was incredible. I thought. I don't think you know if that was a stroke play event. I don't think that's the shot you even try. You take your drop, hit it up there, and hope you make a four. Right. Right. Uh, but because it's match play, it's all you can do is lose the hole. He took a crack at it. That was. I I didn't think. Uh, I didn't think he, if he's going to hit it straight up. I didn't think he's going to get, move it far enough to, to get it onto the green. I thought it would go straight up and come back down. But And you certainly thought he might lose his balance and go tumbling through some of those bunkers. But 
he didn't. So he was fleet of foot. So if, uh, if Dancing with the Stars was looking for a contestant, I think we, <laughs> we might have one from golf. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know. Is that show even still on? I don't even know. I, I, I watched it once under a dress with my wife years ago. What were you doing under What were you doing under a dress? No, not under a dress with duress. Um, oh, that that's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. That is completely different. And, uh, I'm not sure she liked the show that much. Cause I know we, I don't think we've ever watched it since. So I couldn't tell you if it's still on the air. <laughs> I, I've had to watch that show a few, a number of times, not lately, but yeah, I really didn't care for the host. I don't know who that guy was. Uh, and the judges, uh, I wasn't too excited about them. Right. Right. I, um, it. I didn't like any part of the show. So the uh, Brooks and Bryson bro hug at the end. Did you were you there? Did you see that in person? Oh yeah. Well, they yeah they did it twice. Once on TV and then once in the interview area. It's so forced. It just this has been a big nothing burger from day one. Okay, so Bryson did something and went back on something. And he said he wouldn't do and. Kepka's ticked off about it. No big deal. You just not, you know, love a guy. So what? Yeah. And uh, the media just won't let it go. I was really irked when NBC keeps perpetuating that, even during the Ryder Cup. They're like, well, this may be the only way these guys will ever get the Ryder Cup. Maybe the only way these guys will ever have a hug. And like, oh my, it's it's so it's so nothing. Yes. And I, I think a lot of it was fueled by once it took off, the two guys realized, hey. DJ Tour has a $40 million pot called PIP for uh, they're going to award to the 10 players who have the most social media relevance or whatever it is. They got mostly have some criteria of who did, who did what on social media. Well, why do I think it's really just, you know, give money to the 10 biggest names as a payout not to go to the thing in the team thing in Saudi Arabia? So I think once they happen, they realize, hey, this could I can make ten million if I milk this a few more times, and I think they both did. I don't think there's really much there other than they're two different kinds of guys. Kept is busy posing as a badass. If I'm allowed to say that on the air, sure. If I'm not, it's too late. Uh, he's too busy posing as a badass, and Deshambo, you know, is the is the genius know it all. And that's just two different, two different guys, you know, and, uh, it's okay not to like everybody. And I happened before it'll happen again. There's plenty of guys, Greg, Greg Norman, Mark McCumber. I mean, Raymond Floyd and most everybody, you know, you can go down a whole list of guys who weren't popular yeah, or had a personality feud with somebody or, you know, most cases it was, you know, back in the old days, some guys, uh, messing around with some other guy's wife and then you know, all that stuff that happens when you used to be on the road. Oh, sure. So it's okay, but it's, there's nothing there to keep dragging, make these guys hug. Then both guys are like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> no, we're not kidding. We really want to see this. Like it's real. Sure. Go perform for us. Act. Yeah. They're not very good acting. Let's put it, let's leave it at that. But yeah. it's completely unnecessary. And everybody needs to quit talking about it like it matters because it's it's not a real thing. Well, like you said, it's a big nothing burger, and you know it, it's 
I mean, I, I know that te- television has a lot of time to fill because um, they do, you know, between Golf Channel and like NBC or Golf Channel and CBS uh, with the Golf Central and the pregame. And it's kind of like Super Bowl anymore. You know, there's three or four hours leading up to the actual match. And then there's a regurgitation of everything for two hours afterwards like that. Uh, my deal yeah, too much yeah you there's could not enough to, there's just not enough to talk about the masters is the same way those guys are on they have like three three teams you know javal is now on the afternoon afternoon team the masters they need somebody who can talk and they got somebody in the morning team and then they got the evening team you know it, it's a lot of masters to, to watch i tell you and there's not that much to talk about there it's uh you're you're creating content that's all you're doing and if you can sell it so much the better you need guys to win more often so the public gets to know them it took davis love a long time to win enough for the public to really start caring about him they love fred knuckles right away yeah davis always looked like he smelled some bad cheese took a lot he took a lot of wins to get for him to become popular and uh so they need guy. They need some guys to pile up some wins. And you know, Patrick Cantlay could do that, but he's kind of a sourpuss. Yeah, he is. We're going to take a break. I'll be back with Gary Van Sickle on Grilling at the Green right after this. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green here on AM 860. The answer, Golf News Net, not Golf News Net, not Neck, uh, WEEU and... Um, 437 platforms out there, whatever. They just get more of them every day. Uh, we're talking with Gary Van Sickle today. Uh, Gary was at the Ryder Cup covering it and, uh, as usual, did a, a bang-up job. Um, if you've never read any of Gary's stuff, you got to because it's always got a little bit of cynicism, a lot of humor in it, uh, and some questions that will make you scratch your head and go, yeah. Why didn't I think of that? Well, that's why he's got the job and you don't. So I, there, that's a compliment for you, actually, man. That's that's. Wait, I, I, I all, all of a sudden I have a job now. Yay! Yay! That'll make uh, the missus really happy. And I, did you ever get your basement finished painting it? Of course I did. It only took most of the summer. <laughs> Not only did I get the basement finished, I went on to get the entire back deck painted, restained, which was. Uh, I won't go into it, but it involved removing this rough coating that was on there and it didn't want to come off. And I had to use a sander, a deck sander, an orbital sander. Uh, I bought a planer. Uh, I did it all and still only got about 80% of it off. And then I said, to heck with it. I'm just going to stain over it. Oh. So I two major projects completed for me. It was a heck of a year. So what's on the to-do list next? Well, uh, Skydiving? No, I don't know. Yeah, there's probably uh, probably a bathroom or two that 
maybe needs to be painted to a different color because somebody in my family thinks it should be a different color than it is. Yes, I've got one of those. But I'm not saying who that is. I've got one of those myself, and I tend to just walk by it anymore, and I use one of the other bathrooms in the house. So there you go. It's a it's a bathroom. It's not the Louvre. Yeah. You don't have to. It doesn't have to look like uh, nobody else is ever going to see it. Your your master bedroom bathroom. Yep. Absolutely. No one, no one else is going to see what color it is. It's fine. Is it broken? No. Let's leave it. Let's leave it alone. <laughs> so hey, me painting it, I can only, I can only screw up. I mean, so let's not risk it. Right. No, I, I've got the same deal going on here, bud. How can they, in your mind, we got about three minutes left here, just giving you a heads up on that, and then we'll go into after hours like we normally do. But how can they improve on the Ryder Cup, in your estimation? Well, it would be, to me, it would be more fun if all the action wasn't squeezed into three long days. I mean, they barely finish Friday and Saturday. They pee off as soon as the sun's up and they go until dark. And by dark, all those morning matches that were so exciting are kind of forgotten and irrelevant. I kind of like the President's Cup format where they have extra matches on Thursday than they do Friday and then a double session Saturday and spread it out over four days. Right. But I'm not sure that's I'm not sure that's as exciting. But so much happens so quickly; it's over so it's over so soon. It would be you know you get an extra day of TV ratings out of it. But I, I don't know if that it's one of those things you do it once and you might go, yeah, it was better the old way. Other I, than that, I, I I think you should limit the crowds a little bit. You got forty sixty thousand people trying to follow four groups on a golf course. That never that's never good, never works. But other than that, I think I've nailed it. I mean the the way the thing is set up, it's it's pretty hard for it not to be close. I mean, it's a putting contest, really, and uh, it's unusual for a 19 to nine game. Usually, it's going to be 15, 13, 14 and a half, 13 and a half. It's just hard to separate yourself. These guys are all that good. Yeah, so I, they've they've got it, they've got it down. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't see a lot of ways. I mean, the big thing is you can always do better. I thought the Here's what Harrington screwed up on if he screwed up. The American Steve Stricker had six picks and he got and Harrington wound up with only two or two or three. I forget now. Uh, the the systems both the selection systems for both teams should be the same mm-hmm. somehow, or at least the same number of picks. And oh, here's one way to improve it. It's just a personal opinion. They got way too many vice captains. I think there's five vice captains or four or five. Like you said. We're almost to the point where every player in the team is going to get a vice captain. Oh, and what? And here's but here's one more. Now you mentioned, it made me think of this. I know the one of the PGA guys was mad about this, or it didn't work out too well. I, they kind of changed the policy, and they allowed like each player's entourage, met family members, and agents, and whatever, to walk in the fairways during the match. So there's now like an army of twenty people walking plus the TV cameras and radio walks from behind each group. Yeah. It's like, it looks terrible. Uh, Gary Van Sickle, you can find his stuff at SI Sports Illustrated for those uh, who don't know what that means. And Gary's going to come back with me in just a minute for after hours. But as usual, my friend, it's very enlightening and fun having you on the show. It was great being had. (laughs) Okay. We'll be back next week with another edition of Grilling at the Green. And uh, 
Tune in for After Hours here on the interweb, and uh, we'll see you then. Take care, everybody. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.